From Sacramento, the Bishop's Radio Hour with Bob Dunning on Relevant Radio, focusing on today's issues in the context of gospel values. Now, here's Bob. That's me. Welcome to the Bishop's Hour. Appreciate you all being with us on this beautiful day the Lord has made as we uh, move on into the new year and uh, may the good Lord's blessings be on on you and on all of us here as we head into the uh, new year and <laughs> it won't be it won't be long before we remind you that uh, Ash Wednesday is just around the corner and Lent is just around the corner but a, a lot of uh, great events happening here in the Diocese of Sacramento uh, especially in January a lot of uh, pro-life activity going on in the the month of January as well but uh, hope that uh, the uh, you had a, a wonderful and holy Christmas and a new year, and off we go into the year 2024. I'm still not used to writing it or saying it or typing it or anything else, but here we are in 2024, and uh, it's going to probably be a very interesting year in our country with uh, all kinds of elections, including presidential election coming up in November. Well, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And we're glad right now to uh, welcome in Jennifer Campbell, the director of Camp Pendola, which is one another one of those things that's just around the corner. Jennifer, good day to you. Whoop, did we lose Jennifer already? We'll see if uh, Jennifer is with us here, and uh, hopefully we can uh, get her up. Should let you know that... Uh, uh, Hold on. Should let you know that Quo Vadis, a retreat for boys ages 13 to 17, and this is just circle the circle the date on your calendar, August 2nd, uh, uh, 2024, uh, for Quo Vadis, which is a, a wonderful retreat for young boys to to learn all about vocations. Also, the uh, um, for for uh, young women, uh, vocari. What do you, who are you called to be? Uh, February 23 and 24. Uh, I believe we have, do we have Jennifer yet? No, I guess not. Uh, should should let you know also that uh, just so many, so many pro-life events going on in the, uh, in the uh, diocese, the annual pro-life mass of reparation, which always takes place on the, uh, the anniversary date of uh, Roe v. Wade, the Supreme Court decision on Roe v. Wade, which has since been overturned. Uh, that will take place on Monday, January 22nd, from 12:10 to 1 p.m. at the Bishop Soto. Uh, Bishop Jaime Soto will celebrate Holy Mass at 12:10 p.m. at the Cathedral of the Blessed Sacrament in Sacramento. And of course, the uh, the uh, annual Walk for Life is coming up in uh, in San Francisco as well. Uh, among the uh, many pro-life events, the, the interesting thing about the the Walk for Life in San Francisco is is people really come from all over, well, not just Northern California, but all over California and even the uh, West Coast. We've seen people there from uh, Seattle and Portland and Medford and Salem and every place else. That will take place uh, Saturday, January 20th from 12.30 p.m. to 3 p.m. be some uh, great speakers at uh, the Civic Center Plaza and then a march down uh, Market Street uh, toward the uh, ferry building. So it's, uh, it's always a, a wonderful event. They promise it will never rain. <laughs> and so we will see if that is the case. I think we have uh, Jennifer Campbell up with us now. Jennifer? 
Yes, I'm here. You're here. You were still there. We just weren't connected. The the tin can and the long string uh, it didn't work. It did not. For some reason, I couldn't I couldn't hear you at all. So. Uh, and I I understand that's what you used to communicate at camp. Sometimes, um, <laughs> but you know, we do we do get the, we do get the internet up there occasionally. Yes, yes, it's it's a miracle. It is. It's quite strange. It, um, for pe- yeah, so. for people who are uh, new to the program or maybe uh, haven't heard mm-hmm. you when you're on, uh, tell us about Camp Pandola, the the background on Camp Pandola, and exactly where it is. And uh, obviously, you know, we we talk about how to get there from Sacramento, but we have listeners all over Northern California. So just where it's located yeah. and the various ways of getting there. Yeah. So Camp Pandola is the sleepaway summer camp. Um, that the diocese has owned and operated since the since the 60s, um, and it is in a small town um, in Yuba County called Camptonville, which it's off of Highway 49 in between Grass Valley and Downeyville. And Camptonville has nothing to do with Camp Pendola, other than it it, that's it's where it is. It's a happy accident. Yes. Yes, just a happy accident that that's that it's called Camptonville. Um, but yeah, so it's a, it's a sleepaway summer camp um, for kids seven to seventeen. Um, that's been operating for quite some time in our diocese, um, and it's it's easy to get to. It's a it's it's in a an interesting spot in our diocese that it's about two to two and a half hours from anywhere um, in our diocese. It seems um, so. It's it's kind of it's it's just kind of a unique location in that regard as well. It, it really is. How, how big a site is that? Um, oh, you're going to ask me for acreage. Uh, <laughs> I always get it confused. I think it's it's about 40 acres or so. Uh-huh. Um, but it's we're surrounded by um, the Tahoe National Forest. Right. Even though we are not in Tahoe, um, we're not by the lake at all. But um, Yeah, the Tahoe National are, Forest yeah. is pretty big. It's pretty big. It's kind of surprising. Yeah. Um, and so, but we are up in, in the mountains, um, similar kind of terrain. Um, and we are about half an hour driving from, um, but you can hike there in half a day. Um, but we're about a little ways from um, Bullard's Bar, which right. is uh, a man-made lake up there. On the, on the well, Yuba off River. Yeah. Off the Yuba River, yep. Yeah. Beautiful spot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is. Bullard's Bar is, is really is really pretty as well. And do do you still go over there and canoe and all that? Um, yeah. So we we didn't last summer because we didn't have enough campers sign up for that trip. But um... Oop, I think we have, I think we have lost our uh, connection with Jennifer. Uh, but we will. Uh, endeavor to uh, get her back up I, I don't believe she's up at camp <laughs> but uh, I should tell you that they are the camp is looking for a year-round uh, caretaker to I guess caretaker maybe that's not quite the right word handy person handy man handy woman uh, caretaker uh, someone to be there on site year-round uh, to take care of all the needs and and kind of you know just have a presence there uh, during the uh, during the winter to make sure that, and, and, and the spring to make sure that, uh, it, it works out that, uh, you know, there's some security there, et cetera. And also to, uh, 
you know, fix up what needs fixing, et cetera. Jennifer, are you there? Nope, nope, we don't, we don't have Jennifer, so we will, uh, we will proceed. We should tell you that uh, World Marriage Day, again, we have a bunch of, uh, a bunch of circle the date items as we move into, uh, into the new year. Uh, World Marriage Day, which is always a big day, a uh, big deal here in the Diocese of Sacramento, will be Saturday, February the 3rd from 1 to 3 p.m. Uh, you're invited to join as we honor marriage and salute the beauty of faithfulness, sacrifice, and joy in married life. There will be a special blessing for sacramentally married couples and an opportunity for them to renew their marital commitment. After Mass, there will be an opportunity to receive a blessing and a picture with Jaime Soto. And by all means, bring your family, bring your friends. Everybody is welcome. It's a, it's a celebration, and it's a, you don't have to have a, a landmark uh, wedding anniversary. Some people think number one is a landmark. Uh, other people, uh, we have had, I believe the longest was like 73 years. A couple came and celebrated their 73rd anniversary. Your anniversary does not have to be on World Marriage Day. But uh, February 3rd, and we'll take a place at St. Charles Borromeo Church, which is at 7584 Center Parkway in Sacramento. Gabe? I was going to say that uh, although Jennifer did drop out, we had booked her originally. Uh, you guys didn't get to get to it yet. Uh, they had opened up registration for Camp Pandola. Yes. So they are, that's, that was the, one of the main things we wanted to have her on for. We're having some technical issues with the phone, but I wanted to make sure that got conveyed that it and is open. And you go to pandola.org. And they are still looking for uh, counselors and uh, various jobs, cooks, counselors. Counselors, uh, you have to be 18 years or older, high school graduate. And generally those positions are filled by uh, college students, uh, former campers sometimes. Uh, but there's no, there's no requirement that way. And there's, there's a great training so you know what, what's up and what you, what's required. You do get a couple of days off every week. You're not at camp for the whole summer. You get a couple of days off like... Friday evening, all day Saturday, and uh, half a Sunday, you come back by noon on Sunday. So if you live down in the valley or live in the, in the hills, and uh, you know within an hour or two, you can get home on Friday night, and you've got all day, all evening Friday, and all day Saturday, and uh, you know early morning on Sunday before you come back to camp. So it's it's not a, a some some people say, well, yeah, that's a that's a long commitment. Well, you you really get some good breaks in there, and you even get breaks. During the week, it pays well. Uh, yes, it, indeed, you're not a volunteer. You're getting paid. A uh, great chance to, to work with all these uh, great campers. And uh, whether, whether you're a cook or, or a counselor, and uh, um, they, do, they do run camp so that pretty much whether you're going to the, uh, the, the CSUs or the UCs or the community colleges, which are, uh, you know, they have different schedules. They have different calendars. They, they've set up camps, so it pretty much it, it works for no matter which of uh, those variety of places, or maybe if you're going to a, a private school somewhere, um, it works for just about everybody that uh, you're, you're, you start after all of them are out of school and you, you, your camp is over before all of them begin in, in August. So it works, it works out really, really good that way as well. And again, they are looking for a, a caretaker. Gabe, I understand you uh, volunteered to be the caretaker up there, huh? 
<laughs> I would do it. I, I actually would. I think my kids would love it. <laughs> Your kids would love they'd be, it. They think it was fun. Oh my gosh! Can you can you imagine? You've got three three young ones, and uh, you have that would be. Uh, I, I just can imagine uh, when my kids were little to have a whole camp to yourself. Uh, they would be probably now, uh, you know, as they get a little older, they, you know, they want to be with their friends and they want to go out and do things. And, but for a, a young family, yeah, to have the run of camp, to uh, have, have all of that and the beautiful uh, Sierra Nevada foothills, that's, that, yeah. that would really be something. I would love it. I think it would be great. My, I, I think I could talk my kids into it even if they don't, didn't want to do it. <laughs> yeah. I think I could, I could convince them. They're young enough still that dad's ideas are always great. So I, th- I think I can go with it. <laughs> Indeed. Well, we will we will get Jennifer back on soon. But uh, remember, they are open open uh, uh, for business now. You can sign up for summer camp. It's not too early. Pendola, P-E-N-D-O-L-A, Pendola dot org. Well, we are thrilled to walk, welcome in. Uh, oh, well, we go oh, first. We're going to take a break, and then we will come back with Father Memo. Right. Uh, we'll take a quick break. Back with more on a Bishop's Hour right after this. This portion of the Bishop's Hour is brought to you by a grant from the St. Vincent de Paul Society. Drop by and shop at their thrift store, a beautiful, beautiful thrift store at 2275 Watt Avenue. Open Mondays through Saturdays from 10 to 8 and Sundays from 11 to 6. They also accept donations at the store, donations of furniture, appliances, clothing, books, everyday household items. Your donations help to fund the many projects of the St. Vincent de Paul Society throughout the Diocese of Sacramento do such wonderful, wonderful work, and the thrift store is uh, one of the the ways they uh, raise the funds to help people throughout the diocese, and also uh, uh, many of their clients are able to access the uh, thrift store for uh, items that they need. You can uh, give them a call. They will come pick it up as well, but you can uh, give them a call. They're at 916-972-1212, and remember, again, the thrift store is open uh, seven days a week at 2275 Watt Avenue right here in Sacramento. Well, Bishop Soto refers to Christ the King Retreat Center as the jewel of the diocese, and indeed it is. What a beautiful oasis it is. It's located in Citrus Heights, uh, right in the hustle and bustle of the city, and you feel like you're getting away from it all when you uh, turn off the main road and just uh, uh, come into Christ the King Passionist Retreat Center. Christ the King has served Northern California and the Diocese of Sacramento for over 60 years through parish weekend retreats, individual spiritual direction, and a variety of other programs. For information on all the programs that they offer, including residential programs, give them a call. They're at 916-725-4720, or you can visit them at 6520 Van Maren Lane in Citrusites. And we certainly thank uh, the St. Vincent de Paul Society and Christ the King Passionist Retreat Center for their fine and long-standing support of the Bishop's Hour. This is James McCormick, President and CEO of the Sacramento Choral Society and Orchestra. You're listening to the Bishop's Hour with Bob Dunning. Welcome back, everyone. Appreciate you being with us on the Bishop's Hour, and we are just thrilled to have Father Memo here in the new year. We are in the year two. Th- I can't believe we're in two thousand twenty-four. 
Happy New Year. Happy New Year. <laughs> I know. When I was a little kid, if somebody said 2024, I said, oh, I'm sure the world will have ended by then. Christ will have returned to the or earth. We'll be flying, you know, <laughs> yeah. we'll be teletransporting. You know, exactly. No? no? the same guys? See, I, it's funny. I was with my kids the other day uh, driving along and, and said, you know, they, they've just all recently got their driver's licenses and stuff, you know, and they're all excited about driving. And I said, you know, the car we're driving now is basically like the car that I learned how to drive in. It's got four wheels. It's got a radio. It's got a steering wheel. It's got a gas pedal and a brake. Hasn't really, it still burns gas. <laughs> Hasn't changed very much in the basic function. And it goes about the f same speed. It was a big improvement of technology when the cars started to run, you know, on, on the on the highways and stuff, right, you know. Right. But as you mentioned, yes, it's a few decades yeah. have passed by and we keep on using the same kind of model of cars, yeah, you know. Exactly. In fact, every now and then, you know, you you'll see an old, old car coming down, maybe going to a car show or something, you know, and it's maybe eighty years old. In fact, I got a ride the other day in a nineteen forties car. From from a friend who just restores old cars, and I'm going, wow, that that car's like 80, 83 years old, eighty four years old. It's just impossible to imagine. Yeah, still works. <laughs> Only God knows what's gonna be yeah. in, in one hundred one hundred more years. I don't know. Yeah, don't know how things will be. Well, of course, we we now have them running on, uh, you know, without not on gas, uh, which seems to be taking over and uh, all the kind of power source. Yeah. Yeah. So. Sooner or later, we're going to have beanies on our head that, that <laughs> the sun makes go around and we'll transport ourselves. <laughs> That's possible. That's possible. I know, I know they're, they're, they're building windmills now out in the ocean now because there's so much wind in the wind ocean. Happening, yeah. You know, and they, they're just, uh, it's, it's always going to be controversial where it, where it happens, you know, but uh, it's, it's remarkable the technology that's Amazing. taking over. Thanks be to God, He has given us the grace and the capacity for technology, and that's why we can we can be here. Yeah, we can survive. We can kill each other, certainly, but we can live, and we can live yeah. in peace, and we can have health. We can have things that makes our life easier in some areas. You know, for us to be focused on hopefully right. what is more important. No, always happens, but. But hopefully, yeah. Well, one the one day. the one thing, sadly, that we have not solved is international conflicts. You know, we're still killing each other. Yeah. You know, it's a it's a tragedy. It is indeed, precisely fighting for power and, and resources, fighting for for resources. Yeah, that's the thing. We keep in the same fight that since we were, you know, the first Homo sapiens. You know, yeah. we keep. Yep. <laughs> Things <laughs> have not changed dramatically. We keep on fighting yeah. for sources, resources. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, yeah that's strange. That's sad. strange. You that's know, and the, uh, Jesus's uh, message of love your neighbor as yourself, love your enemy. That's that's the toughest one he ever told us to do. I think, right. you know, and uh, every every day we're challenged with that. You know, like like that person that. I don't like for some reason, or they're mean to me, or I'm mean to them, or whatever. Um, they're a child of God, just like I am. You know, God loves that person just as much as He loves you. You know, and sometimes it's it's hard to get over that hump. But when I put it in that in that mind, it makes it a little easier for me. But boy, that's that's a tough one. Love it is. love people who 
who afflict you, you know. It wow. is indeed. You see that since Cain and Abel, I mean, mm-hmm. since the very beginning of creation. With that man on the cross, he said, "For as he's dying, he says, forgive them, Father, they know not what they do. Wow. This is the two divs fighting with each other. Yeah. <laughs> fighting with each other. Yeah. They were dying. They were still fighting. Sure. That's yeah. reality of human beings. That's yeah. what I say to guys who are discerning the vocation. Say, Father, it's a, it has so many f- sins or... I'm so weak in this area of my life or whatever. And I said, well, you know, in any vocation, there are going to be struggles. No one, no one person finds like 100 percent. No one person is is 100 percent free from problems by Mm -hmm. choosing a vocation. Vocations are not meant for for you to solve your problems. You know, vocation is a way to to, for you to find holiness and to respond to to God's call for, for because you can contribute something important to the world. Mm-hmm. That's the purpose of vocation. So problems will, will be everywhere. Temptations, difficulties, darknesses, sins, because that's the reality of human beings, unfortunately. Right. Yeah, it doesn't convey on you a special um, ability to avoid all those things. No. No. Yeah. It doesn't matter w- what you do, where you are at. So uh, we're still, you know, in this daily fight. But indeed, because you are spreading the good word, because you are wearing the collar, people have that expectation. Father is going to be perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, that must be a burden too. Actually, one kid, one day I, I visited a, a classroom for confirmation, and I was talking, you know, that priests also are humans and and. and and I myself was talking about myself, you know, I commit mistakes and I commit sins and, 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 and bad stuff that I do sometimes. And one kid, he raised his hand and said, Father, how, how can you commit a sin? I know. I mean, <laughs> you, are, you are touching the body of Christ and the blood of Christ and you are, you are dealing with holiness. How, can, how could you not be a holy person? Yeah. And I said, well, that's a great question. I don't know. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's, it's reality, you know, it's, it's sure. not like a... I said to him, it's not like, and th- there, is, there is influence, of course. The more we receive the Holy Eucharist, the more we pray, the more we are in touch with God. With God. Of course, sure. there is a transformation. There is a change. Something sure. happens in our heart and in our mind. But it's not 100% done. You know, I'm still working on, on, on my holiness. It's not like radiation. Right. You touch something that is charged right. with radi- radiation, right. and you get you know, right. <laughs> charged as well. It's not like that. Yeah, it takes time because it's about the will, and the human will is is hard to to bend. <laughs> hard to bend. It really is. And and the human ego, right. it's it's uh, you know. I mean, we have to have some ego, or we wouldn't breathe and eat. Like like you know, like I I guess I deserve to eat. You know, I I, I need food. And, yes, yes. But uh, human ego is a tough one. It is indeed. Yeah. Some but of us some of us have it. More than others. Yeah. So, <laughs> so when when you have candidates that obviously you want the right people, how how do you do you teach them to discern? How do you? Because I, mean, I know the discernment is a huge process of it. You don't want a reluctant somebody who feels like, oh, I guess I should do this, but I really don't think it's going to work for me, or they're really reluctant, or maybe they they do have something that just probably not going to work. How do you, how do you 
do you teach them to discern or yeah somehow i accompany them in different ways you know i meet with the guys every every month one on one then i have a monthly zoom meeting um, because guys live in different areas of the of mm. the diocese some men that belong to the diocese of sacramento and they are discerning for the diocese of sacramento however they live in another state mm-hmm. so i gather them through this zoom meeting and we talk about discernment we talk about what a priest does, and all that. I ask them to have a spiritual director. I ask them to pray, of course, and to be involved in the life of their parish Mm -hmm. actively, not just sitting in the pews on Sundays, but actively doing something, taking positions of leadership, like being a catechist, like being Eucharistic minister, positions where they have to to lead with people, you know, we, we deal with people, sorry. Right, and and really see how a parish runs and, yeah. Exactly. So all this help them in their discernment to see how they feel, how they grow in those areas, you know. But going deeper into when is the time when when I see that someone has the possibility is after asking the guy to do all these kind of things, you know, and and observing him, how he's growing, how much he's interested on doing all these areas of being open to himself, open to another person, like it happens in a spiritual direction, and also psychologists. Many times we have to go to psychologists. So I ask many times men to have a psychologist because mm-hmm. we are broken and as you, know, you have you, you have teeth, you have to go to the dentist. You have a body, you have to go to your physician, right. you know. You have a, a also a psyche, you have a soul. So you need to have a, a psychologist mm-hmm. also many times. So when I see them growing in all these areas and I see that by doing these activities that are little, they find themselves like a more and more into what they feel God is calling them to be is is a, is a clear sign for me that they are in the right track, you know. Mm-hmm. Also when I see them like enjoying. That's a, that's there's not just doing. Yeah, they're actually enjoying it. It's enjoying it and wanting for more. Mm-hmm. More of this that are, they are already doing, more of this what they are they already having, you know. These are the, like, the very concrete and, and tangible signs for me. You know, I'm talking like a, takes, this process takes years sometimes. Sure, sure. Because every man is in different different place. You know, some of us are more broken, so we need more time to to acquire uh, basic self-knowledge. Mm-hmm. Uh, some other guys are more mature because maybe they they had the grace of having a beautiful family, beautiful parenting, and and they learn to be self-aware and not to be afraid of their feelings and to grow into their faith in a mm-hmm. beautiful way, you know? So they they have more possibilities to, you know, to move forward into right. the, the seminary formation. So every person, every man is in different place. And my job as vocational director, together with my team, Sister Maria, Maricela, and a group of people who are wonderful. They are, there are deacons, there are priests, there are lay people, there are psychologists that work with me, work with Bishop. All of us walk in this journey of accompaniment with this man, you know, uh, for them to find the right place in life, especially in the church, and to take the right steps, yeah, it's it's very it's complex, you know. Right. It's really complex because we try to 
to work in the, in the four areas of formation. They, we call it four areas of formation or four dimensions. The spiritual one, which is the relationship of, 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 of a person with God. And then the intellectual. So I want, the church wants these men be men who constantly have that intellectual curiosity. So someone that wants to learn more. Right, right. Because it's very dangerous when a man says, or a person says, I know, I know everything. Nobody no. can tell me, nobody can teach me right. anything. Many times are the problems in families, you know. Right. There are parents, there are children that don't want to hear more because they think that they know everything. Yep. Um, that's dangerous. So the, the intellectual curiosity is, is an important thing that I want to see in a man in discernment because that's going to be important the rest of his life. Then the... As I mentioned before, the third element that that I work with this man in this time of accompaniment is the commitment with the community mm-hmm. in general, mm-hmm. and especially commitment with the church. Mm-hmm. So I want to see how they grow. And the fourth element, which is the one who takes more time, is the human element. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it, it's about their psyche, their, their brokenness, their wounds, their sexuality, the way they relate with others and with themselves. So many times this is this fourth point or this this fourth di- dimension of formation is the one that takes more time and that can be the the reason f- for a man to delay uh-huh. his ordination mm-hmm. or to delay his entrance into the seminary you know because there are things that that need to be worked before before right. taking the next step so I know, I know I'm saying many things, you know, it sounds like a complicated, but, but there are like a different aspects of the life of a man that I take into account right. and I discern, not only one or two. You're discerning and they're discerning both. Both. Yeah, exactly. I said, this is like a, like a courtship uh-huh. or like an engagement, you know. Mm-hmm. You don't just meet one girl and today and tomorrow you marry her. That's not the way how things work. You want to know this girl. You want to know her family. You, know when you want to know how this world how this girl thinks about certain things, how right, she behaves. Sure. The same is there are two people, you and the diocese. So so diocese wants to know you as well. You, I, I, The diocese wants to be known by you and to be loved by you. So it's I think uh, w- one thing that I think there's a lot of confusion about is they're all forms of the priesthood. You're talking, you and your role is 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 diocesan priests right. who are incarnated is the word to, for the diocese of Sacramento. And they will spend their lives. I mean, they can always change their mind and ask for a change, but, but they will spend their lives as priests for the diocese of Sacramento or wherever it is that they're incarnated. But there are all kinds of other priests as well, like Marianol priests. And where, where, where did they get their, training and their discernment and, and all that. Like, you you may uh, certainly encounter people who say, oh, I want to be a foreign missionary. And right. and, and you, you have to give them some guidance, too, as to, uh, well, that's not exactly what I do, but here's, I presume those people come to you first, usually, yeah. many times. No, and that's a, good, that's a good question. I will summarize into... Few categories because I, otherwise I can expand into too many categories. But the main one is the call to be 
consecrated to God. You know, there are oh. three vocations, you know, in, in the church, married life, right. single holy life, right. and I will just put a name, consecrated life. You know? mm -hmm. Because married life and single holy life, I think is kind of clear. Right. Consecrated life is the one that you're asking me about. Right. When God calls a man or a woman to be consecrated, and I will be focused more on men, you know, right now, for the sake of your question, when a God calls a man to be consecrated to him, first of all, that man receives the vocation or the call to belong to God mm -hmm. and to belong to the church. So we need to be men that belong to God and belong to the church as the basics. I mean, disregarding what you do, what you end up doing in your life, and how you serve the church is with whom. What it matters is with whom we are supposed to be with God, mm -hmm. to be married with him. So that's the first step, you know, S the first category. Now, I can divide this category into two. So there are men that are called to be religious brothers. Right. They will not be priests. They're called, and, and the place, their place in the church is crucial as, as consecrated lay, a consecrated lay or religious lay person. Um, he will serve in a community. Mm -hmm. A religious community like Franciscan, like uh, Christian Brothers, Christian Brothers, mm -hmm. the La Salle, you know, the, uh -huh. uh, and those kind of things. And they will be happy and they will do great things for humanity. And there is another level, another consecration, another kind of consecration, which is the priesthood. Mm -hmm. Those men are called to serve the church by offering the sacraments and accompanying the people as leaders because of the very nature of priesthood that makes us to be leaders right. uh, for the sake of leading them, not towards me, not towards ourselves, but towards God through the sacraments of the church. So now I will divide more into these categories, these categories into more. Those, let us put aside those men who are called to be religious brothers. Right. I will be focused on those men who are called to be priests. Right. There are two kinds of priests is the diocesan priest, the one that you mentioned, mm -hmm. that I am, and the religious priests. Right. So there are religious congregations that for the sake of the their charism, whether working with the poor or working in teaching young people or being missionaries right. or or being uh, doctors or working in the in medical field, whatever it is, they are in need of having priests right. that support that particular charism. Mm -hmm. And those priests are ordained, certainly, by bishops. And their primary function is to serve the needs of their community mm -hmm. and to develop their priesthood as leaders of the church, yes, but always for the sake of their community. Mm -hmm. So that's going to be the primary fo focus. Like a Jesuit. Like a, like a Jesuit, mm -hmm. like a Dominican. Mm -hmm. like a, they are priests, but they conceive themselves as religious. First of all, they are religious. Right. Men consecrated to God, and then they become priests. Mm -hmm. So for the, for the sake of, of, of the service that they want to offer to the church right. in their own charism. Now, this diocesan priests are also called secular priests. Mm -hmm. Why is that? Because that's when we get in trouble. Because 
we are secular means from the century from the world mm-hmm. so we are called from the world right to live in the world right so that's a, a main characteristic that we diocesan priests have that's why we stay in a diocese we don't move out from a diocese right. we obey our bishop and we work together with bishop in communion with other with other priests of the diocese sure. Because we are called from this diocese. Most, I mean, normally a priest is supposed to be born in that diocese <laughs> and serve the diocese. Right. You know? But there are places like Sacramento where there are not enough priests yet right. Right. born here locally. So they have to, to call priests from other places of the world. But we're working on, on that to change that. That, that we're is something on. that Bishop Soto is very, very keen on is, is the, you know, bringing people up here. Um, who, gr- who grew up here. Yeah, yeah. because that, that when a diocese is mature spiritually, it, that diocese produces their own, their own priests. Right. So we need to, all of us, we need to grow to help, actually, we help to help grow our diocese into this spiritual maturity to the point that there are going to be enough vocations mm-hmm. in this diocese coming from our own families. Right. You are not yet there. But we're all of us are working into this. You're working the radio, teaching people, forming your family. Right. You know, all this makes this possible. Anyway, so coming back to my to my point is this: so secular priests, our job is to help the church, to sustain the church, to be like the backbone of the body. Imagine that the church is that the body, like right. Saint Paul says, the body of Christ. The religious congregations. They are like the limbs, the hands, like mm-hmm. the hands, the feet, the eyes, the mouth. Right. They do wonderful things like the limbs of our body or the members of our body. But we priests and bishops are the backbone. We are mm-hmm. the ones who, that sustain the whole body. Mm-hmm. We receive the call to be shepherds in Jesus, the good shepherd. So we are called to help anyone, to accompany anyone, the poor, the rich, the students, the missionaries, everyone. Right. So that's our job, you know, to be a pastor, a shepherd for everyone. So that, I'm sorry if the mic. No, my, that that, my, that that makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. My explanation was kind so, of long. So do you, um, I, I, I try to ask questions. I think listeners are going to ask, and, and I have the questions too. But, hope, yes, yeah, but, but the, uh, um, are most of the the candidates that come to you were they were they raised in the church or are they converts um, or is it a mix of that? Right now, more of them are raised in the church. Mm-hmm. You know? More of them. I'm not talking about. I mean that they were super holy since right. they were children. No, right. I mean, there are many of us who were born Catholics, but we left the Catholic Church and then we come back and such. You know, but most of them are are born and raised as Catholics. A lot of them altar servers. A good number of them, mm-hmm. not everyone, but a not good number of them. Yeah, being on altar server really helps a lot. Yeah, but especially all of them, for sure, served in any in some capacity their own parish. Do you ever have someone come to you? I'm just curious and say, you know, Father, I'm interested in becoming a priest. I'm not Catholic. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Some guys, not very often, but some guys. They they want to be priests and and it was funny there was a guy who who I met in a, one of the Catholic high schools that we have here in this diocese and and I 
brought down his name because he would come to my retreats and such. And until the campus minister told me, Father, are you aware that this young man is not Catholic? Mm. I said, no. <laughs> I would never know because he was always there. Yeah, yeah. Always in the activities, the Catholic activities, always, you know, the first one on serving, the first one on doing things. I said, I would never imagine. He's not Catholic, and he was like a more religious, the other Catholics, no? Yeah. Normally Catholic kids, they are like, a, and, and adults, we're like right. a very disengaged, <laughs> we're always complaining, always criticizing, always, right. always moody, always like, oh, why I have to come to our minds? Yeah. But many times happens that those who are not Catholics, they take things more seriously mm -hmm. than us, unfortunately. So that was the case of this young man. Wow. Very few cases, but yeah. I have so is it... It's a long, long journey at that point, though. If, if you know, you you don't say no, I presume, but right. but you, first off, they have to become Catholic, right? To go through through the RCIA program, right. become Catholic, and embrace the Catholic faith at least for two years, mm -hmm. because that's another thing. I have experienced. I have met wonderful young men who want to be priests, but it's because they are still in this fervor. Mm -hmm. fire of right. being just embraced into the Catholic Church and only a few months ago have been, you know, welcoming to the Catholic Church and they want to be priests like a right now. Yeah. And that would be me. That would be is me. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I want it now. <laughs> so, yeah. But the, the church in, in its wisdom, in her wisdom, say, hey, take it easy. First, know me as church, you know, fall in love with me, know also my dark part, you know, because I'm made of human beings, and then we talk. So that's what I do with this guy, with these guys. So I accompany them. I ask them to serve in their parish, to go through the whole process of being the honeymoon of being Catholics, then falling mm -hmm. down into, oh, <laughs> this is not what I expected, and yeah. then <laughs> finding their own place. Yeah, very good. Father, I know you're on a, a tight schedule today. But um, so you give me the give me the high sign when you need to go, but uh, um, the uh, we've got a few events that you might want to just just announce the dates just so just so people can circle the date. Exactly. Thank you very much for this opportunity of talking about this. I will talk first of all by about the events that are not created by by me or by the diocese, but events that exist. Exactly. This On an annual basis. Yeah. Yeah. For instance, the World Day of Consecrated Life, which is about to happen. On February, well, you know, February 2nd is traditionally the day, the feast of, of it's a feast of the Lord, um, uh, the feast of the presentation of the Lord. So the same right. day, the church has used that feast as the feast for the consecrated life. Uh -huh. All right, so February 2nd, always I invite Catholic schools and parishes to do something for your religious sisters. You have religious sisters there. Or religious brothers, but particularly, uh, the World Day of Consecrated Life is going to be on the weekend of February third and say February fourth. Okay, so it's a great weekend for families and young people and old people to give thanks to our religious brothers and sisters. Now we have the World Day of Prayer for Vocations. This is on April twenty fourth. Mm -hmm. Is right after after Easter. Right. So. Is also a day for people to pray for vocations to priesthood, particularly right. in religious life. Now, events that are created by my diocese, by 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 us, 
or that we participate is this one. For instance, now in January, in January 20, from January 26 to 28, St. Patrick's Seminary in Menlo Park, they put together a wonderful discernment retreat for men over older than 18 years old. I sent men who have already been walking with me in this uh -huh. journey of discernment. Mm -hmm. But if someone is listening to me, and I don't know when this is going to be transmitted into the radio, but if someone is listening to me, you are a man who is over 18 years old, please contact me mm -hmm. uh, through my email address. You can find my information on the website of the Diocese of Sacramento. SSCD.org. Yeah. Thank you. In the area of vocations, you will find me there. Please uh, reach out to me because maybe we can still send you. I just need to know you. I just need to right. know who the guy is. And that's, that's at one of the seminaries where they might might get their, their exactly. seminary training, that mm -hmm. and Mount Angel up in Oregon. No, this is, that, the other one the, is Mount Angel. Yeah, yeah, but this one takes place at St. Patrick's. St. Patrick's yeah. right here right. in Menlo Park. Right. Then we have a retreat that we call Vocare, and this retreat is, put, is made by my, dad, my office, and this is for young adults, men and women. Young adult, men and women. Not I, I made a mistake earlier and said women. It's men and women. Men yeah. and women. Yeah. We invite religious brothers, religious priests, and religious sisters to come and talk about what what is religious life all about. What is cluster life? What is to be a priest in the religious congregation? What is to be a priest as as a diocesan priest? What is to be a married person? Well, yes, we will talk about marriage a little bit. So. This is going to be great. It's going to be in February. Uh, I lost the date that I'm having here. It's February 23rd and 24th. Okay. February 23rd to 24th. Here in the Diocese of Sacramento, here in the Office of the Diocese of Sacramento, contact us, contact Maricela Smith, and, and once again, you can reach out to us through the website. Right. Then I will have... On April 16th, I will offer a, a retreat for all the parish vocation committees. Uh -huh. That's an important event as well because right. that's the way how lay people from the, all the parishes can come and we talk about vocations, we pray together, we, we gather together, we know each other because all of us are working in this, right. in this job of, you know, making, creating awareness of And most parishes vocation. have a vocations committee. Uh, unfortunately not. Not, not enough. Huh? Unfortunately yeah. not. Yeah. Very few parishes have an active uh, parish active. vocation committee. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So hopefully you are listening to me and you are not yet in any committee in your parish. Hopefully you can join. Right. You can talk to your pastor and say, hey, I heard Father Memo saying that every parish should have a yeah. parish vocation committee. I want to start one. It's that would be great. Two people is enough. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. two yeah. people is enough. Okay. Um, then we have the Eucharistic the diocesan Eucharistic procession. Mm -hmm. Bishop Soro will have this Eucharistic procession on May twentieth to the twenty fourth, okay. and this is in order to celebrate the revival Eucharistic revival. So I'm putting this as a vocation activity because our seminarians will be participating mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be a great opportunity for young people to meet the seminarians as we are walking with Bishop Soro through different parishes in the diocese. You will have more information in the future about this. Yeah, and we'll keep you all posted on that here as well. Yeah. Then we have as well, oh, I'm missing Deus Voca. Deus right. Voca retreat, which is, I will go back to April. 
the, the Eucharistic procession is on May, but Deus Vocal Retreat is on April 26 right. to 28. And this is a wonderful retreat for young women. Right. Women 13 to 17 years old. And we will talk about religious life, about married life, about holy single life. There are games, there is food, there is there are moments of prayer, there is a lot of and this community. is residential for the weekend at Trinity Pines. That's right, right. in Trinity Pines. Beautiful Reli spot. Yeah, and religious sisters come, and they are the ones who give the talks. And I invite priests to hear confessions. We are just there for the confessions. Mm -hmm. Most of the retreat is done by, by women, right. for women. That's, right. that's wonderful. That's a wonderful retreat for young right. ladies. April 26 to 28, more information in the diocesan website. Then I will go to the vocations dinner. Uh, this is on June 15. Always a great event. Exactly done by the Knights of Columbus, and, and always Bob is there. Thank mm -hmm. you, Bob, for your presence. Oh, I love being there. Thank you. Then on... And, and that moves around every year to, yes. a, diff to a different, different parish. parishes, yes. Yeah. Yeah, this coming year is going to be in the mountains. We're having in Auburn. Auburn. It's in Auburn. Auburn. Yeah. Good. Then that's June 15. Then June 18, we have the basketball game. <laughs> I wouldn't amazing. miss that one either. And also Bob is present. They don't let me play, though. You should try. I, I, <laughs> I don't look good in shorts. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, basketball game. And that's so much fun. So much fun because seminarians and priests play yeah. together at Christian Brothers High School. And it's always packed. In Sacramento. And yeah. As soon as you hear that we are putting the, the, the tickets uh, on... Buy your tickets. Buy your tickets because the room is limited. Then we have the Covaris retreat. This retreat is for boys. Right. As we had a retreat, discernment retreat for girls in April, we have this discernment retreat for boys. This is going to be from August 2nd to August 4th. Right. The same in Trinity Pines. In this case, it's done by men. Knights of Columbus are the ones who feed us, mm -hmm. and we have plenty of food. I was going to say, if the knights are there, there's going to be plenty of food. Yeah. And yeah. games, and a lot of fun for the guys, you know. And priests and religious brothers are the ones who come and give us a talk about what is priesthood, what is to be a religious brother, but also we invite a couple that, that comes and speak about the theology of the body and also talk about what married life oh. is all about. It's beautiful. And I finish by saying that Throughout the year, you will find our seminarians here and there in their parishes um, and, and myself. So any time you see a seminarian or you, you see me, it's always an opportunity to talk about your vocation. Very good. Father, always a joy to see you. Thanks for all you do. And uh, hopefully this will be a very productive year for uh, you and, and the vocations ministry. As well to you and your family and, and the wonderful work that you do in the, in the Catholic radio here. Thank you, Father. That's going to do it for us for today. Thanks for listening. God bless everyone. This portion of the Bishop's Hour is brought to you by a grant from the Mercy Foundation, enriching lives in the Sacramento region through Sisters of Mercy Ministries in healthcare, education, housing, and the care for the poor and elderly. For the Mercy Foundation, philanthropy is one of the most powerful expressions of compassion and love. Just as many people in our community need a hand, Countless others are reaching out to them with comfort and hope. You can express your care and concern for the less fortunate with a gift to the Mercy Foundation. Uh, you can give them a call, 
800-951-2700. That's 916-851-2700. And you can be confident that fully 100% of your contribution will support the Sisters of of Mercy Ministry or ministries that you choose. And what a wonderful treasure Easter's Catholic Books and Gifts has been for all of us here in the diocese as they uh, uh, transition uh, into uh, uh, new ownership and management. Uh, They continue to offer wonderful workshops, wonderful uh, uh, resources for the Catholic community throughout the Diocese of Sacramento. Not only does Easter's provide a wide array of Catholic books, both current releases and longtime classics, but they also sponsor a number of valuable workshops and lectures throughout the year. They're they're located at 6916 Sunrise Boulevard in Citrus Heights. Give them a call, 916-338-7272. We also receive generous underwriting support by Crumley & Associates, a private wealth advisory practice of AmeriPrize Financial Services. If you have questions about retirement, Crumley & Associates can help you with their confident retirement approach that can help define a clear roadmap to get you where you want to go. You can uh, contact them, get all the details at Crumley & Associates, 7956 California Avenue in Fair Oaks. They're at 916-638-4600. That's 916-638-4600. Four six zero zero, and we uh, are, are certainly uh, appreciative of the uh, fine and uh, long-standing support of the Mercy Foundation, of Easter's Catholic Books and Gifts, and of Crumley and Associates. We'd like to thank all the wonderful people and organizations, uh, businesses in town. Uh, and throughout the Diocese of Sacramento, who have provided underwriting for the Bishop's Hour, uh, some in the last few years, some uh, have been with us for a very long time. If you would like to be an underwriter for the Bishop's Radio Hour, uh, it's a wonderful opportunity to to support this mission and also to support the diocese and also uh, to get some uh, recognition for uh, your organization or for your business. The easiest way to do this is to uh, give us a shout, send us an email, radio at scd.org, and we can give you all the details about uh, helping to underwrite the Bishop's Radio Hour. Again, that's radio at scd.org. Yeah. 